if you're living a life full of integrity and meaning, those things that you do, those hard things, habits that you do every day, like meditation, eating right, exercise, drinking enough water, they actually become the things that make you happy. And doing hard things, if you're going to get up and have a smile on your face and do hard things every day, I think you need to be the best version of yourself possible. Are you looking to improve your sales skills without compromising your values? Welcome to Sales Made Easy, a podcast for business and personal growth. Join Harry Spade, author of Selling with Dignity, your formula for life-changing sales results, as he hosts sales experts and business owners who share their journeys of personal growth and business success without resorting to pushy sales tactics. Now, here's your host, Harry. Hey everyone, what is the good word? Today you're in for another special treat. And with me is Suzanne Taylor King. If you don't know Suzanne Taylor King, she is a business coach, a follower of stoicism. She calls herself a eudaimonologist. And we're going to talk about that shortly. And she inspires people to be the best version of themselves. And oh, by the way, has a kick-ass community. So Suzanne Taylor King, King, welcome to the Sales Made Easy podcast. What's the good word today? Oh, the good word today is I talked about you earlier today with one of our mutual connections, and we said how awesome you are. So I'm really honored to be here. All right. The check is in the mail for that. We love compliments early and often, Suzanne Taylor King. So it's great to have you on the podcast. You got you have such tremendous energy, and this will be the Mutual Admiration Society. Nice. So, yeah, so nothing but compliments coming your way from me. So you and I uh, had a great conversation a couple of months ago. We talked about podcasting. And just so you know, I was ready to podcast here today. And Suzanne's like, what? When are we going to podcast together? And I'm like, uh, in two minutes. Right now? <laughs> So, yes, this has been fun already. We've been talking about cooking and all kinds of great things. But one of the things I really, uh, I find it odd and interesting and fascinating is that you're a fan of stoicism. Mm -hmm. And I recently read something, I don't know, listened to something, books, audible, something like that. I forgot who the person was, but there's a lot of references to stoicism. And I'm curious as to what that's all about and why you're so fascinated with it. So talk to us. Number one, it's it's super old. It's been around forever, right? Two, three thousand years. And the basics of it are living as the best version of yourself. And that goes back to when I was studying psychology, studying Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That the goal of human existence is to get to the top of that pyramid, self-actualization. And what does that mean? That means that the things you do every day, your habits, your, your routines, are actually the things that move the needle to help you be that best version of yourself. And it goes along the lines of being honest and having integrity and treating people with respect 
and constant learning, which I'm a huge fan of learning. So I worked with a coach numerous years ago who considered himself not a coach, but a philosopher. Hmm. And it really gave me my first introduction to a lot of the old writings of Stoic philosophy and then some modern people like Ryan Holiday and, you know, diving into that work really just, it wasn't, it was like I had come home. It was, this is my belief. This is how I believe people should treat each other, should be with yourself. And I think the thing that sold me a hundred percent was that if you're living a life full of integrity and meaning, those things that you do, those hard things, habits that you do every day, like meditation, eating right, exercise, drinking enough water, they actually become the things that make you happy. And doing hard things as a business owner, I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years. It's hard. And if, if you're going to get up and have a smile on your face and do hard things every day, I think you need to be the best version of yourself possible. Wow. So good. Yes. You reminded me of the obstacle is the way. Yes. Right. When you yes. said Ryan Holiday is like, oh, that's where I okay. remember the stoic uh, references. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is such a great conversation about, you know, being your best self. Um, this is something I work on periodically between Netflix shows. Uh, just a little humor there for our yeah, audience. Yeah, I have that problem right? too. Right. Don't let me fool you. <laughs> uh, no, no, in all seriousness, uh, you know, the idea of being your best self is not for everybody. Uh, for, I'm not sure why, um, but I think well, you I actually could probably have to know yourself. That. Yeah, okay, so talk to me. Yeah, why so why is have, that it's not for everybody? Well, you have to know yourself mm. and you have to be willing to look at that, you know, dark side of yourself, the bad habit side of yourself. I love to smoke. I love to drink. I love to party like the best of them. But I know myself well enough that if I have a night that's too much wine or too much anything mm -hmm. that the next day I can't focus and I can't do what I'm called to do on this planet and make a difference for other people. So I choose not to do those things because I know myself deep enough. And I think a lot of people are afraid to know themselves at that level. And, and look, most people are really good at lying to themselves. Oh, yeah, I can eat healthy. Oh, yeah, I can exercise. No, you don't. No, you don't. And I think that's the key. Radical honesty with yourself. Um, I've gained 30 pounds in the last two years since COVID, and I know exactly why. I stopped teaching exercise classes as a hobby. And... As soon as I stopped, the weight started coming on. Why? Because I'm still eating like an athlete. And we all know what happens when you eat too much and don't move enough. And I know myself well enough to say, okay, I gained 30 pounds. What am I going to do about it? Get back to the habit 
even if I'm not teaching exercise classes, to do it every day. And then, it, I don't know, it's it, it's about knowing yourself. Let's let's just leave it there. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I know you're going down that deep, dark corridor where yeah. uh, you're going to let all kinds <laughs> of demons out for us. I was hoping oh, yeah. to go there, but that's okay. Um, okay. This is this is great. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about you know what you just mentioned about the uh, you know as far as knowing yourself is concerned. I'm reading. The, I can't even say I'm reading. I'm listening. I listened to this two chapters of this book. Um, I think it's called Your Five Next Steps by uh, Patrick uh, Dagnabbit. Uh Patrick. Ben L or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. He is a came over from Iran, I believe, um, in the seventies or eighties as a nine or ten year old with his parents who fled to that country and you know didn't amount to anything as going through school and high school and then became a super entrepreneur. Over you know a short story, right? And he became a multimillionaire. And one of the things early on in the book, he talks about knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And in this, and I, I'll put it in the show notes if I remember, um, but there is a test that he encourages people to take so that they get to know themselves. And oh, it's I like all of, all of these fascinating questions about what was the relationship with your parents? How did you, uh, how did you see your parents getting along? What was your relationship with your friends? When was the first time this happened? And it was like, oh my God. And he says, give yourself eight hours and you, you will cry. And I was I'm like, sure. I was in, I'm hearing all this. It's like, what is this? Like, come on. And sure enough, like within a half an hour, it's like, I'm dredging up these mm-hmm. thoughts and visions of, you know, I, why I wanted to be loved by my dad. And it's just like, I never, I never even thought about this stuff ever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is where I just had this. And this is relatively recent, the last uh, couple of months. And his whole line of logic was it's like, you, you have to know yourself before you become an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Right. You really have to. It may not be for you. I mean, you might be a superstar employee or an entrepreneur, you know, or in sales. Just because others are doing it doesn't mean you have to do that and that it's best for you. And this helped me so much, Suzanne, with comparison is that, you know, I I periodically I don't want to tell everyone my my deep, dark secrets, but periodically I compare myself to great people and you know right and then i say i'm not like them i must really suck (laughs) so as i was reading and taking this you know going through this deep dark dive into my past i thought wow this is really interesting because i'm starting to get to know myself on a level i didn't realize i knew i could know myself is that what you're talking about here when people when you say get to know yourself because I think we do it in a much more, as you said, superficial way. So talk to me. Well, I would say yes. And it, it's about the journey of learning yourself. You can start with great things like you've done. Um, but then always be continuing on that journey. And that's, you know, being willing to look at when you make a mistake or you screw up and um, maybe you lose a sale right? Because you said something wrong or you didn't follow up with somebody or maybe you were too aggressive in the beginning. You went in too quick. Mm -hmm. And 
I know for me, as I learned myself better, and, it, and it's still a work in progress, I was able to help my clients learn themselves better. Last year, I hired a friend of mine who's a coach. And I said, look, I, I want to finally decide where I'm going with, you know, the community and the coaching and like, what am I doing? What's the purpose? What's the big vision? Hmm. And he had me do eight assessments on myself from Colby Strays, um, gosh, VIA character assessment, an entrepreneurial assessment, a Clifton Strengths assessment. And it took hours and hours and hours of my time. And then he took all that information and digested it into a report for me, messaged me, told me the report was done, and to meet him on Zoom the following day at three o'clock. Does that work? Sure. I meet him on Zoom and there's seven coaches on the call, one was certified in each one of those surveys that I took. And they all told me about me. And when I tell you, it was the most phenomenal experience, good and bad. Hmm. And what I walked away with was a little tidbit of new information that has tripled my income since I did that. That's crazy. How, 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 yeah. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, leave the good part out. Leave the good part out. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I have all of these entrepreneurial strengths and most of them lie in ideas, innovation. I'm super tech savvy, but there's one thing that is lowest of the low, just not good at it, don't even bother, just pay someone to do it for you. And it was implementation of ideas. So I'm great at conceptualizing something, getting it down on paper, even funnel mapping it or designing it. But then building it or writing it, I have like seven books outlined. I've never written one. I've written a chat book, but that's it. And so it was this execution piece. And I came away from that meeting like, that's my homework. That's my homework. If I learn execution or get an awesome person on my team who's that action taker as far as, oh, I think I want to have a workshop on X, Y, Z. And she goes and puts it out there. Oh my God. Amazing. Because I can show up and teach that workshop on notes without PowerPoint. I'm just not going to post it everywhere and invite people and follow up with people. So finding somebody to be that for me enabled me to be in my zone of genius with people at a greater level. So it increased my client attraction, 
it increased people in my community, my email and my income tripled because of that. So no greater gift than really knowing your weaknesses. Oh my goodness. That's such a great story. Were you um, in kind of a, a fearful anticipation when you're in a room with seven people that are analyzing? I didn't tell me about it in advance. Um, my goodness. But it was, well, it was the quietest I've ever been in a room with seven people. But it, it was very rewarding. Very yeah. rewarding. And I'm forever thankful for that yeah. experience. So great. So you're, you've been in the, uh, you said in the entrepreneurial journey for at least uh, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, you said, I think at least two decades, right? 35 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a while. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, I guess what I'm thinking of is how do you, figure this out 30 plus years into the journey of doing something. Um, and I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm asking for a friend. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not accusatory at all. Cause I, I, I'm mm -hmm. finding more about myself in my journey, but it's like, it's weird, isn't it? That yeah. it takes this long to figure this stuff out. Well, listen, my first business, I started when I was 22. I had no idea who I was. I had no idea what I'm doing. Um, everything was just like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. And um, it was before social media. It was before um, really any marketing or advertising per se. You know, there's no website. There's no. Mm. And, and so I kind of found that, that journey by accident. And then the second business uh, was a similar business, different product, you know, retail. And I knew a little bit more at that point because I had franchised the business. I had exited. I had made some really big mistakes and still made a ton of money, which was awesome. Right. And the second business was done more by the book, I would say. That business is still in existence today. I have a minor share in the company. Um, and I think I, I still at that point wasn't even learning about myself. It was it was the journey of that kind of propelled the the introspection piece. Because if I'm gonna help other people make sense to study emotional intelligence, I realized I was already pretty emotionally intelligent. But then studying it for my clients transferred onto me. And that's, that's the gift I love so much about coaching is that I constantly learn things for my clients or you know, for a niche of people that I'm serving and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, crap, that was good for me. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. So let's, so you've done this in the past. And then, so on the coaching um, business, where, how far along are you into that? 
Uh, I've been a coach for 14 years. I got my start in health and wellness coaching. Mm -hmm. I was a dental hygienist for my corporate gig. That's what I went to college for. Okay. Wow. And the entrepreneur hat was always on on the side. Mm -hmm. Always on the side. Yeah. Started coaching some of my patients through the dental environment, you know, getting off sugar, quitting smoking, healthy habits. And started down the health coaching route and started consulting with some other dental practices about developing wellness programs, oral cancer screenings, Mm -hmm. you know, blood pressure programs. This was, you know, early 90s. There wasn't any dental practices doing stuff like that, except in California. So um, that just started the learning for me. Yeah. Okay. So were you... Did you have the vision as to where that would lead at the no. time or, okay. We just were, just, so what was the thought process is that you're just helping people, serving people, or what were you thinking? If you don't mind me asking. I was thinking I've always been an athlete and, you know, eating, eating well, and I wanted to help people do that. Hmm. And I just saw a big need. Mm-hmm. And I start, it ha- happened kind of by accident. I was teaching fitness classes at a local gym when I was a hygienist. So, you know, I went to school for nutrition. I was a dental hygienist. I'm teaching fitness classes. And women my age or older were coming up to me and saying, how do you look like that? How do you perform like that? How do you do Spartan races at, you know, 30 years old or whatever, however old I was? Mm -hmm. And I said, I can show you how to do that. I can show you how to breathe properly when you run or when you exercise. And that's where the coaching started. Right. So what do you think about people who are trying to find themselves in maybe they want to break out of the corporate scene and not really sure what they want to do. Sounds like you don't always need to have this great plan. Um, what's your thought on that? Because some people are- Take the first step. Yeah. Um, and I will say a lot of people reach out to me when they're thinking of leaving corporate or starting a consulting practice. They don't know, you know, what their zone of genius is. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's all about- extracting that intellectual property that you learned in your corporate career. And when I learned what and who I was as a dental hygienist, and you're going to laugh at this, but it's so, so spot on. I didn't realize that every day that I worked as a hygienist for 20 years, 40 hours a week, I was going to a waiting room, calling someone's name who didn't want to be there, who was nervous about being there. And I made them feel comfortable, typically made them laugh, build a relationship with them, and then sold them things for their mouth that nobody was ever going to see, that only they would know the value of. Well, if that's not a coaching, and and it was like this light bulb 
went off and I thought, oh my God, I've been doing this for 20 years. I can sell coaching. If I can sell a $1,200 implant on somebody's back tooth that nobody's ever going to see, I can sell coaching. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that just makes perfect sense. Uh, so when, when I asked you how long you've been on this coaching journey and you told me 14 years, you, mm -hmm. I knew you were hesitating because I think you were uh, looking back at that based yeah. on your answer there yeah. or your response. So yeah, I think most people lose sight or not enough, most, many, whatever the word is, but a lot of people lose sight of the experience that they have Okay. that when they're starting something new, they say, well, how long have you been doing this? Well, I've been doing it for six months. No, you've been doing it for yeah. 27 years or well, one. Listen, right? if I add it all up, mm. then I'm going to be giving away my age. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to do that. But, but it's, okay. it's, it's, it's okay. a lot. But, you know, 20 years as a hygienist, 14 as a coach, I took many years off in between different, you know, mm. there was, there was some travel involved, yeah. laptop lifestyle before there was a laptop. It was called bartending. <laughs> I always love saying that joke. It's great. <laughs> um, but I think through that whole time, I'm able now to help my clients so much better because I've done the work myself. And I think my clients know that. I don't ask them to do anything that I don't do myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then it's like you have a um, place of cred yeah. when you can make a suggestion if they're open for a suggestion or something versus mm -hmm. something I read in this book once, you know, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. You because know, we all can read something. So you're, you mentioned the intellectual property, right? Where you're talking about the things that you were able to do and how, what should people be looking at today? Is like if they wanted to analyze, you know, the future, maybe they're in their late 40s, 50s, mm -hmm. thinking about, well, do I want to keep doing this until whatever that age of retirement might be foolishly in their mind? Um, or, you know, the next chapter in life or whatever it is, what would you suggest that they start thinking about or whatever mm. the path that I, you want to suggest? I think the most important piece, and this is something my mentor had me do years ago, was to do a timeline of my life and my different careers. And starting with on the bottom, you know, just drawing a line on a piece of paper, and breaking my life into five-year increments mm. and what was I doing at each of those stages and when I did that activity I saw okay well I had this incredible business in my 20s what about before that who was I I was a swim instructor I was a lifeguard I was the instigator of my friend group and those qualities spoke leadership to my mentor. She was like, well, look at what, you know, who you were at 16 is who you are today. And really taking stock of those qualities 
at those five-year increments. So then on the top of the line, what education do you have? So, you know, bachelor's degree in applied science. Then I learned that, then I learned nutrition. Then I learned personal training. Then I learned positive psychology. Then I learned uh, emotional intelligence and really getting it all on paper so you can see it. So you can see it and experience everything that you've learned and who you are. And then what hardships have you overcome? And this was a huge one for me. Um, I've been through a ton of stressful, bad situations like, you know, the death of people, divorce, uh, bankruptcy, losing a business. I mean, so much. And what did you learn from each of those mistakes? And then once you have all of that information down, sitting down with a coach or a mentor and dissecting it. And I mean, designing who you want to be from those past experiences. That's intellectual property. Intellectual property is who you are and what you know combined together in a unique way that you can sell it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just uh, so nicely mapped out. And I'm, I'm willing to bet if someone is listening to this conversation would like to have a deeper dive into that conversation, you, Suzanne Taylor King, would be available to help facilitate a conversation with them. What do you think? I would love it. In fact, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I'd probably have that conversation. I have three hours a week that are permanently blocked on my calendar, no matter what happens for those exact conversations. That's how I get new clients. It's how I meet people. It's how I um, get this mission of eudaimonology and, you know, community out into the world. Mm, wonderful. Suzanne, uh, I could go on for hours, um, but I would like to um, kind of keep this to less than four hours. I, I do want to touch on community because this sure. is one of those things that I'm bugged about because um, I know I want to have and start a community. I've got a little bit of a community on LinkedIn, but nothing official. And I think there's a few people like me that are saying, I got to have a community because that's the thing to do. Yeah. How important is having a community in the first place? And how does one really start one? Well, I would say you have started one. You, any relationships that you have with other people, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or a networking group, you don't have to form your own thing to be in community with other people. So you have started. So those relationships that you have on any social media platform, um, curating those relationships and turning them into offline relationships, um, cultivating conversations with some of your followers. What are they looking for? What are they looking to learn? What attracted you to me in the first place? You know, that's more getting to know you and what you're putting out there. And then seeing if there's a broader audience for that. And that's exactly what I did a couple of years ago. I had this amazing Facebook group. Facebook algorithm changed and nobody was seeing my content. 
So I messaged five of my coach friends and I said, hey, you want to have a conversation about community and about what's happening, you know, with Facebook groups? And they said, yes. And that was almost two years ago. And I've built a community of about 1,200 coaches who I invite to a monthly conversation. And that's been amazing. So that was kind of the, the start of really deciding to have an official community off of social media in its own URL and doing some partnerships and, you know, some collaboration events with other networking groups. And it's, it's really been an amazing learning curve. Great. So how do people, I mean, do you want, who can come into a community like that? So my community, the lab for entrepreneurs, and this is a community for entrepreneurs, service providers, small business owners to get the information they need without the distractions of social media. I have 15 experts in the community who each have their own micro community. And, you know, from branding and copy to LinkedIn to marketing to book writing and book funnels to branding and photography. Mm -hmm. So whatever, whatever a new entrepreneur or seasoned entrepreneur needs to learn in their business, there's somebody in the community for them. So it's not all about me. Mm -hmm. um, my portion of the community is for coaches who want to learn client attraction, uh, creating clients, uh, how to do social media, how to extract your IP, how to create products. And it's all open to the public. You do have to go through a little profile creation process, much like you do on social media, but mm -hmm. it's all there for everyone. Excellent. So is that something that you want to share where that is or do we... Want sure. to keep that, it's uh, a it's mystery. right on my website, SuzanneTaylorKing.com, and you'll see a little tab for Idea Lab Community. Beautiful. Perfect. Suzanne Taylor King, this has been a real pleasure. I have Thanks. thoroughly enjoyed the conversation about getting to know yourself and the value of that and your intellectual property, how valuable that is, and the steps you kind of nicely laid out for us about the timeline. And, yeah. um, you know, giving us the name of a good person to talk to if we want to have further conversations about that. So really yeah. great stuff. Anything it's else? Really key. I would I would just say thank you for the conversation. I, I always love talking about stuff like this. And the timeline thing is something you could do at any point in your life to learn a little bit more about yourself. And you're not too old. Ladies and gentlemen, because even people at my age are still trying to figure it out and making progress. So, no, I might have you beat in the age to <laughs> All right. Well, we'll save that conversation for another day. So, thanks again for joining me on the Sales Made Easy podcast. You are the best, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to Sales Made Easy. If you found value in our conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. 
Our goal is to provide practical strategies for growing your business while staying true to your values. Remember, success in sales is about serving your clients. Serve first and the selling will follow.